Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the 1970s to take a look at the Hammer House of Horror movie Dracula AD 1972. So let's go to the graveyard, let's have a look around there, let's play a trailer and I'll see you guys soon. Yesterday, Dracula was the most fearsome being the screen has ever seen. Today, tonight, you, you, you could be Dracula's next victim. new yet as old as time come on johnny a date with the devil are you ready he's ready he's waiting to freak you out right out of this world died september the 18th 1872 a hundred years ago to the day it must swear before the name of the devil to keep it secret who knows about vampires for god's sake my grandfather died fighting a vampire the most terrible the most dangerous vampire of all time the year is 1972 a leap year in horror a vintage year for vampires Masters of Horror to meet again in the 20th century. Come to me, come Dracula! Welcome back guys, so the synopsis for this film is Johnny Alucard raises Count Dracula from the dead in London in 1972. The Count goes after the descendants of Van Helsing. It's got a 96 minute runtime. it's a horror movie and it's an R-rated film. It was directed by Alan Gibson and he mostly did TV work, um, notably the famous Towns of the Unexpected by Roald Dahl, the adaptation of um, his books, and they were very, very creepy. And it was written by Don Halton, who did a lot of episodes of Doctor Who back in the day, and he also wrote some episodes for The Professionals. 
If anybody remembers that iconic crime fighting duo, Bodie and Doyle. So I'm talking about cheese on this episode, and that is cheesy. That is cheesy 70s, but it's iconic cheesy 70s, which kind of fits the bill for this episode, if you know what I mean. And this film was produced by Hammer Film Productions, which I've mentioned in a previous episode when I did the Quatermass episodes, and they are a British film production company. Um, They've been around since 1934, and they are best known for gothic horror, including Frankenstein, Dracula and the Mummy. They also did sci-fi and adventure, and I think they did some comedy films as well, but they had their most success in the 60s and 70s with horror movies. And they were backed by American studios as well, being United Artists, Warner Brothers, Universal Pictures, Columbia Pictures, and 20th Century Fox, just to name just a few there. And this is the seventh film for Hammer to reprise the role of Dracula and they wanted to set it in a modern day setting in 1972 just to bring the story more up to date uh, which I'll go into a little bit later on and this is the first time that Christopher Lee and Peter Cushion those two legendary Hammer actors have featured in a Dracula film since 1958 and it's also the return of Peter Cushion since The Brides of Dracula in 1960. So it is always good to see those two legendary characters on screen. It's one of the reasons why I like this film, which again, I will go into later, I'll save for that. But whilst I'm talking about the cast here, I've obviously mentioned the two legendary guys, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushion. Also in this film is Stephanie Beecham, and she plays Jessica Van Helsing. Christopher Neem, who plays Johnny... Alucard and he's a nemesis in this film, Michael Coles who plays Inspector Murray and Caroline Munro, the very stunning Caroline Munro who plays Laura Bellows and she has some Hammer Horror royalty to mention because she was in Captain Cronus, um, she was also in the Golden Voyager Sinbad, At the Earth's Core and I think she was in one of the James Bond films. It's, uh, Either The Spy Loved Me or something like that. I know she was in one of the James Bond movies, but um, she was very busy as an actress back then. And I just realised I mentioned At The Earth's Core. I think it's the first time that I've mentioned Doug McClure on this um, show. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm going to have to cover some Doug, Doug McClure. Maybe Warlords of Atlantis or something like that. Hint, hint. And you also got an actor called Michael Kitchen. Uh, he is very well known for a TV show, a British TV show called Foil's War, where he plays the main character, but he does a cameo in this, he plays one of the characters called Greg, so that is some of the cast in this film, just to name a few of the actors. And since I mentioned At The Earth's Core, I might as well mention the music for this film, because it is composed by Mike Vickers, and he did all the music for At The Earth's Core, Warlords of Atlantis, The Land That Time Forgot, so... Um, some more Hammer Horror Studio royalty there. And his musical signature is that he uses a synthesizer with an orchestra and he mixes it all up together. And it's quite a unique sound and it's quite clever. So um, it's quite iconic in a way when you listen to it. And like I say, with film composers such as James Horner and John Williams, you can they've all got their own signature. So when you hear one of their songs, you can kind of relate it to that composer, which is quite clever. And let's have a talk about the production of this film. So, um, following the success of Count Yorga the Vampire, uh, Warner Brothers commissioned two Hammer Dracula films. Uh, and they wanted to set it in present day. 
So you've got Dracula AD 1972 and its sequel, The Satanic Rites of Dracula. So these two movies were greenlit together and I think they were pretty much uh, filmed back to back and also starring the two legendary actors Peter Cushion and Christopher Lee and one of the only other actors to reprise his role for Satanic Rites from AD 1972 is Michael Coles who plays the police lieutenant and I think that's the only other time that um, an actor has returned twice to play that character apart from Christopher Lee and Peter Cushion in the Hammer Horror World. And the movie was filmed in parts of Chelsea in London and Hertfordshire which is just outside of London so um, some really nice scenes of uh, Peter Cushion running around these iconic sites in London because where I work in London I'm sort of I'm watching this film going oh yeah I know where that is I know where that is have to go and visit that so like you do as a movie fan <laughs> so that's one of the um, high points of this film just to name a few which I'll talk about later and the film was based on a real-life vampire case that happened in the 1970s in Highgate Cemetery in London which caused, caused a media sensation I never knew about this case until I started taking some notes and doing some research for this um, for this show and when I looked into it it's quite a quite a unique case it's quite a fascinating case and it's quite a um, popular case in the world of the unexplained so I'll just give you a quick rundown of this case so it says that a group of young people interested in the occult visited the cemetery in the 1960s at a time when Highgate Cemetery is being vandalized and there were several reports written to the authorities of a tall figure in a hat who was haunting the cemetery and several other ghosts including a spectral cyclist, a woman in white, a face glaring through the bars of the gate and a figure wading through the pond and some bells ringing and some voices calling and all that sort of stuff so there's some spooky goings on in this cemetery and this is what makes the case really cool is there's two rival gangs um, between two chaps one called Farron and one called Manchester and they both claimed that they would try and expel and destroy this vampire and they arrived on Friday the 13th of March in 1970 and this got published by or broadcast by ITV and they turned up with crucifixes and they wanted to perform an exorcism and all that sort of stuff and then mobs of uh, self-proclaimed uh, vampire hunters turned up as well and they stormed the gates police tried to stop them but they couldn't and then the Farrant guy was found in the early hours of the morning with a cross in the cemetery the police took him in he was taken to court but then it was dismissed and then that was the end of the case so it's that's just a sort of roundup of this case guys but just go and read about it there's a little bit more about it it's an interesting case <laughs> and of course that is the basis of this film and that's why i'm talking about this film today because um leading on from that i only watched this film uh beginning of this year I bought it on DVD, I put it in, I thought, let's watch it. It's got Peter Cushion, it's got Christopher Lee. If nothing else, it's got those two iconic actors in it, which has got to be worth having a look at. And let's get this right out of the way right now. Yes, it is a cheesy film. Um, I totally get that. But at the same time, I enjoyed it. And the reason why I enjoyed it is because I really enjoyed the screen present of those two legendary characters. I thought uh, Peter Cushion blew this out of the water as that... Van Helsing in modern, well, say modern times, all right, it's 1972, but it's, a, it's modern times compared to the Victorian times or Edwardian times in the old Hammer 1960 film. 
but I thought it worked and I also thought that this is an important film for horror um, in terms of films like um, Fright Night and Vamp you know the, the, the films that we got in the 80s um, I thought that Peter Cushion in this was kind of like yeah foreshadow of the great Peter Vincent which is portrayed by Roddy McDowell which I mentioned in one of my previous episodes so um, I just thought that really worked really well that's that's the thing that drew me into this film was the actual performance by these guys and where you you've watched them in the old settings the old spooky hammer um, cozy horror movies which we all love I love watching those on a Sunday afternoon but I thought there was always going to be a transition to try and get this genre into modern days and I think this is what this film has done it's it's got a little it's got a little bit of criticism like say where it's a bit cheesy and stuff like that well I get that but it this film I think has brought an old vampire tale into the modern day um, telling of the vampire story so that's why I'm saying no, no, just personally myself watching this film I thought it's quite an important film actually to try and get that story into modern days it's gone over a few few hurdles but it's kind of got there and I've I've actually taken some good stuff out of this and like I say there's some really good scenes in here particularly when Peter Cushion and Christopher Lee are fighting each other on the uh, stagecoach at the beginning and then they meet each other in this church which kind of pays homage to again the old spooky hammer horror films which I was talking about back in the 60s so um, when you look at this film there's some good bits but I appreciate there's some cheese in this film as well <laughs> but there you go we all love a bit of cheese come on you know it's it's just a bit of fun if nothing else so so let's have a look at a review of this film let's do a bite-sized review of Dracula AD 1972 so the film starts, funny enough, in 1872 and Count Dracula and Vels Van Helsing, Lawrence Van Helsing, are battling on top of the roof of a runaway coach and it's a pretty cool scene of um, these two iconic characters having a punch up right at the beginning of the movie. So in the struggle Van Helsing manages to stop Dracula by punching a broken wheel through the chest of his heart after the carriage crashes. But after stopping Dracula, Van Helsing dies of his own wounds. And then shortly after this, a follower of Count Dracula arrives and he picks up the ashes of Dracula. And then he goes to bury these ashes near the grave of Van Helsing. It then punches forward a century later, pretty much to the day to 1972. And then this is where you get the new generation of people including the granddaughter of Van Helsing and she is having a party with all her hippie friends and then this is where she meets the occult expert or descendant of the Dracula's old nemesis which you don't know at this time is Johnny Alucard and if you change the letters around of Alucard it actually spells a Dracula and he also closely resembles the guy at the beginning of the film funny enough it's the same guy and he is the follower which, which took the ashes and buried him near Van Helsing's grave. He then persuades Jessica and a few of her other friends to attend a black magic ceremony at the St. Bolterps Church, which is where Van Helsing got buried along with Dracula. And then during this uh, black magic ritual, you've got the uh, actress um, 
Caroline Munro, which I mentioned earlier, who plays one of Jessica's friends, she actually gets sacrificed during this ritual to resurrect Dracula, and Jessica and all her friends run off in fear, but at the same time they think that this is all just a big prank. The next day, Jessica's friend's body is found by the police, and the police inspector Murray, who is played by Michael Cole, suspect that there is some sort of occult element attached to this case, and he goes to seek the advice of... Lorimer Van Helsing, played by Peter Cushion, and he's obviously the descendant of the great Van Helsing, and he is shocked to learn of this case, and and he immediately suspects that Count Dracula has returned from the dead. And then whilst Van Helsing and the police are investigating this case, you've got Alucard who is slowly turning Jessica's friends into vampires, including her boyfriend. And this is where Jessica's boyfriend tricks her into going to the church and she has now been kidnapped by Count Dracula. You then got Van Helsing along with one of Jessica's friends who helps him track down the Alucard character and they find him in a flat and this is where Alucard falls into a bath full of running water and then he kills himself. Then you get a pretty cool scene here where Van Helsing is running around the uh, streets of London trying to find Jessica and work out where she's gone and he finally tracks her down to the St. Baltops church. And he finds her tied up on an altar in a trance and he releases her and he manages to get her home and then he returns to the church awaiting Count Dracula. And it's a pretty cool scene here because he sets a load of traps up for Count Dracula. He digs a hole with a load of stakes inside of it. And this is where you get like the uh, final fight scene between these two legendary characters in this um, graveyard, which is a really good set piece. This kind of goes back to the old um, spooky, moody, that real sort of hammer horror vibe uh, that we all know and love from like the 1960s. So it really sort of throws that back into this like modern time. And then Nightfall approaches and then you've got these two iconic characters about to battle each other. They have a struggle, Van Helsing attempts to kill him with a uh, silver knife. And you get like a really good final act here where they're rolling around the church, they're walking up the stairs, they're punching each other, fighting each other. And then eventually Van Helsing splashes holy water into Dracula's face, which sort of knocks him off his feet and then he goes falling into this like pit of stakes which uh, Van Helsing set up prior to this battle. Van Helsing then uses the shovel which he used to dig the hole and then he pushes Dracula further into the stakes just to finish him off a bit more and then he dies. And then you've got that classic scene which pretty much always happens in these films of Dracula sort of disintegrating into ash into the, uh, into the grave that he's uh, fallen into. And then the camera pans upwards onto like a gravestone or something like that which says rest in final peace and then that's it that's how these hammer films finish they finish pretty damn quick that's it like the end credits come up and that's it and that's how this film ends so um it's not a long film um but that is hammer horror for you they don't really hang about they um, they get on with it you know they tell the story you get from point a to b pretty quick there and you get some good moments and like i say it's um I don't think this is the popular one out of the franchise, but I like it, and for all the reasons which I said at the beginning of the show, uh, the production, the the Highgate Cemetery vampire story that goes with this, um, as I mentioned, you know, Peter Cushion, Christopher Lee fighting each other in a modern day time, and it's, you know, as a roundup, I think it is a branch into the, like I said, the modern day telling of the vampire story. So. 
Um, on a personal note, I think this is a kind of important horror movie just to sort of branch out into that just personally. And I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. It's a bit, bit of cheese, bit of fun. Uh, watch it at 11 o'clock at night with a couple of beers, some crisps and stuff like that. You know, it's it's hammer, it's fun, it's horror. So there you go. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out. Go and, go and have a look at that cheese. <laughs> it's, uh, um, and if you have seen it, I'd be interested in your thoughts. If there's anybody else that likes this film, tell, tell, tell us what you like about it and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, there you go, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. I'll be returning soon with another episode and I'll be going back to the 70s, 1977, that iconic year where Star Wars A New Hope came out. So yes, it's going to be a Star Wars movie which I'm going to talk about. So that will be dropping soon. And as a bit of admin, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So go and check out all the other shows on there. I'll play a promo at the end of this episode. And you can find Bite Size Cinema on iTunes and I'm on YouTube and there's some other players out there. Like I say, if you, if you put the show into Google, that will come up. So uh, that's it, guys. Like I say, keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and I'll see you soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero go show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.